just for uh, those of you who are listening as well on the uh, on this recording. I'm, I'm hesitant to call it a podcast because even though it is a podcast, it's not the podcast. It's a podcast. It's a recording in a podcast format. Now, really glad that you're here. This um, this will be the last uh, frequently asked questions for this year for 2021. And uh, I don't know the exact date when things will kick off again next year, but uh, next Wednesday night, uh, what we'll be doing right now will be jamming, because uh, Jingle Jam is next next Wednesday. So make sure that you're here. Um, it's going to be a lot of people here, all different ages, and uh, we're going to just enjoy uh, some, some good Christmas music. Uh, there are going to be goodies too, Patrick? There are, and goodies and goodies. It's going to be great. So yeah, make sure you're here. It starts at six here in this very room. We're going to have a good time. Um, <clears throat> but we won't have our, you know, this, this is the last time this year for our regular kind of Wednesday night uh, shenanigans that we have here. So, uh, but, but thank you all for kind of being a part of this um, uh, since it kind of kicked off and and kind of, kind of walking, walking through, and and listening, and bringing questions and things like that. So tonight, I have something, I have something ready if I need it. I'm kind of hoping I don't need it though. Uh, what I'd like to do with this last one is kind of ask you some questions. Um, and if if we if we look at each other in stunned silence, then you know, then I'll go to my plan B. But I think, uh, I think we can uh, maybe have some good conversation. Um, so, so really what I'm asking, uh, I, I kind of want to ask about what your experience has been um, kind of on, on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday evenings here. Uh, what, have, what have been your takeaways? What have, what have been the things that you've learned? Um, uh, what have you seen uh, what, what questions maybe do you feel like you've gotten answered? I just kind of want to kind of want to gauge a little bit of, of how this has been this and, and uh, uh, the, the, other, the other teaching that I've done, how it's, it's been beneficial for you. Because I always kind of like to uh, make sure that I'm trying to answer questions people are asking rather than <laughs> answering questions nobody's asking. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Uh, and then, um, kind of have some questions about um, uh, kind of what what you would like to what you would like to see in 2022 and even beyond for Northside for for this um, things like that. So, are you guys good with that, or would you rather me just do a Bible study and you know stay in my lane? We'll we'll start. We'll, okay, we'll we'll start with we'll start with the other. So, um, so yeah. In in, in all seriousness, um, what what have been what have been some of the takeaways um, from from this or from uh, some of the things that uh, that I've talked about on Sunday mornings? What have been some takeaways for for you that were that that were that were meaningful or some things you've learned? Yeah. The Trinity. Oh yeah, yeah. The Psalm 22, when Jesus, yeah, on the cross, yeah, <laughs> on the interwebs, uh, what I call it, yeah, yeah, and I, I really, really enjoy doing this, which is sometimes why I, I nerd out and geek out a little bit, and um, I, I've, 
I've gotten some feedback that, hey, you, you kind of lost me over there. So I'm going to try to do, do, do a little better about not, not going so deep so fast. So, uh, but I, I, I kind of like this. So <laughs> this is, yeah, women in me ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, what I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to do, um, there's a, a colleague of mine, uh, way, way smarter than me, um, but his name's uh, Nijay Gupta, uh, and I'm, I'm going to make available links to his blog. He's done, I think it's an 18-part <laughs> um, series of blog posts where he really dives deep on uh, what, what the Bible teaches about women in ministry and in leadership, and he's actually writing a book that is coming out uh, in <clears throat> later this year uh, about the women, women leaders in the early church. He's done a lot of historical stuff, and it's just, it's incredible. So I'll, I'll link, um, provide some links to that. I'll get them to Patrick, and we'll figure out where we're going to put them. Uh, but for now, I'll probably start through just through my Instagram and Facebook pages. So if we're not friends, please be my friend um, on, on, on the socials there. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, good. Any, what, any, any other takeaways? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, um, for those of you listening, the, 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 the comment was um, appreciating the, the Credo series and, and kind of going back and, you know, okay, so every time we have communion, we, we say the Apostles' Creed. So what do we mean when we say those things, when, when we say we believe such and such? Um, um, yeah, well, and it's funny, you, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this because uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to set you up to, so that Patrick can show you this. But when I talked about, I don't remember which, which member of the Trinity it was, Patrick, but when you showed me that St. Patrick video, and it's this spoofy, goofy video of St. Patrick trying to explain the Trinity and these two Irish guys going, oh, no, Patrick, come on, Patrick, and oh, it's, it's hilarious. So um, uh, I, I appreciated Patrick sharing that with me to really, really, really keep me grounded while trying to, <laughs> trying to explain those things. But yeah, you know, it, it is, uh, beliefs are important because really all, all behavior is driven by belief. And um, everything we do as human beings is based on what we believe about life, about the universe, about our place in it, about God and God's place and and everything. So understanding what we believe and, and, and why is, is really important. So, and I think uh, my, my, my rationale behind that series has been, um, <clears throat> as, as Northside has made its own transition, um, you know, okay, Northside's not a United Methodist Church anymore, but we're still obviously Christians. I mean, definitely. Um, so even though the, that is not a denominational identity, uh, we're definitely, we're not going to become Baptist. I can guarantee you that. You know, we're really, so what is it that we believe uh, about, about things? So, yeah. Oh, we'll continue the silliness. 
Yeah, and one, one thing, one question I've, I've gotten is, well, hey, what happened to the Thanksgiving breakfast? And really, that actually didn't have anything to do with COVID or, well, it indirectly did. But back when we were deciding whether or not to do it, um, we, we, were, we were notified by um, the person that's, that's kind of in charge of ordering food and getting that all ready was you're not going to be able to get the supplies for it. So really, it was uh, that, that I, I love that line in the children's musical when she said, shortages on everything. It's the shortages that kept us from having the Thanksgiving breakfast. Yeah, and I was upset because I had heard b- before, it, before they said they weren't able to, uh, you know, we found out we weren't going to be able to get the supplies and everything. I was hearing all of this legendary good food, and I was so excited. And then, you know, my, my heart hurt when, uh, <laughs> when I found out we weren't going to be able to do it. Yeah, so we're, we're you know, we're, we're pretty much, we're pretty confident we'll be able to do it again uh, in 2022. Uh, should, hopefully the shortages will, there won't be shortages by then. Um, any, other, any other takeaways or um, anything like that? Yes, ma'am. Oh, good. Okay, good. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. The Greek language is really, it's, it's hard, but, you know, they have four words for love, you know, and so there, there's a lot of complexity to it in, uh, in a good way, uh, a, a lot of different ways that those, those word pictures can really help make things come alive in the context. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Um, well, good, good. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, what are some things you'd like, uh, maybe that I haven't that I haven't covered, um, or haven't? Uh, obviously, I haven't been here very long, but um, some things you'd like to hear us talk about, or hear have me address, or answer questions about, either in here or or in a sermon series. Yeah, the women of the Bible. If, if it weren't for women, women were, yeah, women were the first people to share the good news of the resurrection. So Jesus entrusted the message to the women because he wanted to make sure that it, it was delivered correctly, that it was done right. It was done right. So, yeah. <laughs> good save, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, women of the Bible, what, what else? Well, because your teacher's telling me about all your... Oh, yeah, your, your, your teacher, your Sunday school teacher and I get together once a week and they, they go through the list and say, this is what you better... That's not true, by the way. That, yeah. let, me, uh, let me throw out some of the things that, I'm, uh, that, that I've kind of got on the docket for 2022 and... Um, Kind of let me know. So what we're going to do at the very first of the year, um, first several weeks of the year, it's going to be a sermon series based around, <clears throat> excuse me, our um, kind of kind of a, a, a new vision that we're going to be casting um, for uh, for Northside. Um, you know, vision. Uh, the scripture says, "Without vision, people perish." And what what that what that means is when there's not when there's not this um, desired future, this 
uh, desired outcome, um, you know, this, this destination that we're striving for and shooting for, uh, then everybody kind of scatters and goes their own way. And, and when you're scattered and separated, it's really easy to, to be picked off, you know, by, by um, uh, be distracted and everything like that. Um, uh, a, a professor that I had kind of had this statement when, when the vision is clear, the, um, when the vision is clear, the options are fewer and the decisions um, become easier. And what, what, he, what he meant by that was not limiting options in a way of limiting anyone's ability to think or limiting anyone's freedom, but he said vision, uh, a vision for a church or a vision for um, your family or your classroom or whatever, that vision uh, helps define what you're going to do and not going to do. Um, what direction you're going to go in and what direction you're not going to go in. And that eliminates a lot of, that eliminates a lot of options because like, well, are we going to do this? Or how about this idea? It may even be a good idea, but well, does this, is, is that consistent with our vision? Yes. Okay. Um, no, not really. Okay. Then, then we're not going to do that. It really keeps you kind of on, on, on point. Um, then that, that makes a lot of the decisions easier, so to speak. And so vision is really important. And vision is kind of that, why are we here? Where are we headed and why are we headed there? Um, and uh, you are about to get a sneak peek of our vision. Um, because the, um, uh, I've talked about it with the staff, We've, we've put our heads together, brainstormed, prayed, board of elders, board of directors, um, <clears throat> personnel, team, and, and all that. And it, there's, it, it's just really neat to experience the synergy and the energy with, with people saying, ah, I get that. Yeah, that's, that's who we are. That's who we are. And so... Um, this wasn't even plan A or plan B, but I just, I feel good about you guys. So um, we've, we've, uh, we've settled on uh, a, kind of a vision statement, and vision statements are just kind of ways of beginning to explain to people to say, hey, you go to Northside, what are you guys about? What are you guys about? Who are, who are you? Um, we've kind of settled on this phrase that we're trying to be a people in place of grace. Okay, vision statements need to be portable. You know, they need to be memorable, very easy to memorize. Uh, they need to be portable, meaning, you know, if you've got a portable thing, you can unpack that, you know. Um, and I'll get to how we can unpack it. Um, it needs to be adaptable, um, something that can be flexible um, with kind of the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of things. Um, and what what I like, the way I, that I like to put it is uh, if you get in an elevator with somebody and they ask you, you know, between floors one and two, so tell me about your church. You know, what, what have you got in that 30 seconds or so um, to convey who we are, our identity, our values, and our, and our approach. 
And we're trying to be a pe- we're trying to be a people in place of grace. <clears throat> well, just that phrase does a few things. It talks about the nature of the church, and we're not we we come to church and we come into a church building. But all of us have probably been to churches at times when we did not feel welcome. We did not, you know, it was like, woo, this place is ice cold and it's the middle of the summer, you know. Um, or we made the mistake of sitting in someone's seat, you know, or, or any, any number of things. We moved someone's cheese, you know, and uh, oh no. Uh, and so we've probably experienced that. So coming to church doesn't mean you're really experiencing what the church is supposed to be. So even when we come to the place that's supposed to be a place of grace, it's not always a place of grace. What makes it a place of grace? Well, remember, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, and all the people. It's the people. If, if, if I am committed to being a person of grace, then I'm going to create a place of grace wherever that place is. And yes, we deliberately get together uh, at least once a week um, in a location, in a building that um, we all are, are trying to make be a place of grace because we come in with our baggage, we come in with our hangups and, and our victories and defeats. And because we have been recipients of grace, we, we want to be conduits of grace and channels of grace to other people. So that people in place captures the church gathered and scattered. You know, gathered and scattered. Because we're not just the church when we're here. <clears throat> what really matters is, do we as people of grace go out and create places of grace when we leave here? And that's why I always say, we're not dismissed, we're deployed. You know, we're deployed to go out and, and, and be the church, create places of grace. So that phrase, you know, people and place. Now, you want to write this down. Grace, you'll notice whenever we start um, putting out the, uh, the, the, the visuals for this, you'll see that grace will be in all capital letters. Um, it's, it's an acronym. It's an It's an acronym. Each letter of that conveys how we um, strive to be a people in place of grace. Okay, and so uh, again, the, the the super quick version because you're going to hear you're you're going to hear this in January, and you're going to be able to say, "Ha, I was there when we had the sneak preview." So the the advantages of our little Wednesday night uh, club here, right? All right, um, our Wednesday night speakeasy. We're gonna, that's what we're going to do. We're going to find a place where to get in, you got to, and ouch, what's the password? And the password will be password, and then you can come in. Um, no, we're not going to do that, but it would be fun and cool. But anyway, so if you take each letter, G, um, it, G stands for genuine hospitality. Genuine hospitality is going to be a mindset, and every one of these things are both attitudes and actions, attitudes we adopt and actions that we take. Um, uh, An attitude of genuine hospitality is where right off the bat, 
when, when I think of myself as a member of Northside, I no longer think of myself as a guest of Northside. I, I place myself deliberately in the position of being a host, okay? What happens in churches, and it happens to the best churches, and it happens to the best people, the natural gravitational pull over time in a church is to become inwardly focused and to want everything at church, my church, the longer I've been there, the more we tend to communicate having a right to want things at church to fit our preferences and conveniences, okay? The kingdom of God is the opposite of that. The last shall be first. Uh, he, he who um, is great among you must be your servant. It's, it's a, it's a floppity-flipped um, type of, of kingdom. And so genuine hospitality means that when I show up to Northside, I'm not thinking about what's best for me. I have in mind what is best for that person who is just walking in the door. And we do and design everything for, for, for guests. And we see ourselves as hosts. And what do you do when you're hosting a party, when you're hosting something at your house? You know, do you tell the guest, um, you need to do things my way? What do you do when you're the host? You do, what do you need? What can we do for you? Um, here's the bathroom is second hall in a second room on the left. You tell people where the bathroom is because, well, you know where it is, but it's not about you when you're a host. And so what we do, everything from the way we, the way we um, set up our, our, our schedule, our, 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 our schedule for uh, Sunday school and groups and services, the way we advertise, the way we have our signage, the statistically the first two things that new people want to see whenever they walk in a, a church where they've never been before. Number one, they want to they know where they can find information. But right up there, I wouldn't even say maybe number two, I'll do what Jesus did and say number two is just like number one. Okay, the second is just like it. Um, they want to know where to take their kids. And they want to know that when they take their kids to where they're going to take their kids, that their kids are going to be checked in and, and secured. We don't have that here. And that's not Christie's fault. Christie tried to do it before and it wasn't supported. So, um, you know, because we had too many parents who had already been here a long time, I shouldn't have to do that with my kid. I've been here X number of years. That's a guest mentality. That's not what a host does. A host says, what can we do to make this experience as, as, as stress-free as we can, as, as you're my guest, you're our guest. And the reason that's so important is hospitality in the New Testament is a mashup of two words. The, the, whenever hospitality, the word that's translated in English, hospitality, is a mashup of two words. One is uh, xenon, um, uh, stranger, alien, foreigner, 
And the other one is family love. Okay? So, you know, a lot of people have xenophobia. You know, fear of strangers. Well, uh, it's xeno, xeno, uh, xenophileo is the New Testament term for hospitality. Family love for the stranger. Family love for the stranger. So the stranger is loved and loved toward becoming family. And it's hard to it's hard to create that kind of an environment when the environment caters primarily to the people that are already family. I can find out I can find out about that. Yeah, they're on the tables. Yeah. No, but that's a good example. It's what 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 message are we sending to guests when when our when our greeters don't show up? So a lot of time, and again, I don't think anybody's doing anything deliberately to be, to be ugly, but again, our natural gravitational pull is to think about the people with whom I'm already familiar, and really what a church has to do in order to, in order to begin to, uh, to, to make an impact of, of growth is we think first of the people that aren't here. Um, and, and how our environment can be, can be welcoming and clear and, um, and, and inviting and things like that. So genuine hospitality is kind of the, the, kind of the first thing. And it, and it is, it's a total attitude. It's, okay, um, what, what, am I, what am I doing? How am I leveraging um, my influence here? Um, and really what it means is typically we think, you know, and typically we will go, go into and, or develop an attitude of the longer that we have been a part of something, the more rights we have. The kingdom is, seniority means you give up rights and you take on responsibility. The person with the most rights is the person who it's their first day here. They have all the rights. So, you know, sometimes, and, and a lot of times if, if I'm getting a complaint about something, many times that complaint, not, not here because I don't get complaints here, but um, in, in other places, uh, complaints will usually begin, my wife and I have been part of this church for 30 years. What that says to me is, because of my longevity, I have a right for things to be the way that I want them. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is say, I absolutely honor the commitment of people, the pioneers who have paved the way. But I think what pioneers can forget is somebody paved the way for them. Okay? Um, none of us got to where we are on our own. The only reason there were charter members of Northside is because someone ahead of them thought of those thought of those who were young people then and made sacrifices and probably did a lot of really inconvenient things to make it possible for a place called Northside to 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 start. 
And so everybody who has longevity only has that longevity because of the sacrifice of somebody who came before them. And because of that longevity, you bear responsibility. You don't accumulate rights. That, I mean, the, the world says, that's the way of the world, that my longevity gives me seniority and my seniority elevates my rights. That's not the kingdom of God. So as lead pastor, I have zero rights. No rights at all. I got no rights. Even if I got arrested, if I got arrested, I'd have more rights than I have here. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. I have no rights. And, and, um, but, but all the responsibility. And so seniority doesn't mean rights. Seniority and longevity increases responsibility. And that is a huge paradigm shift, but it's a necessary paradigm shift because the the churches that are genuinely, um, the churches that are experiencing healthy growth, you can gimmick things and get get cheap growth, but the churches that are experiencing healthy growth in, in our nation are those churches with those who've had a pioneering spirit, but see that their pioneering spirit is not to set themselves up for more comfort, but to set the next generation of pioneers up to to be able to thrive. Um, I can't remember who said it, but um, I remember uh, reading a quote that says the, 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 the real meaning of life, the true purpose of life, is for us to plant seeds to grow trees under whose shade we'll never sit. And um, so it's making an investment in, in, uh, in, in, our, in our case, Northside's future members and um, families and, and et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, um, that's kind of how, uh, that's kind of the depth and breadth of what it means for us to, to have genuine hospitality. We, we say, come in. We're going to hold the door open for you. We're going to leave the light on for you. Um, we want this to be a place where you can bring your real life with you. You don't have to put, you don't have to put on a, uh, you don't have to put on a mask. Um, you, can, you can bring the real stuff here with you. And we're going to love you. <clears throat> um, we're going to love you the way Jesus loves you. Uh, where Jesus loves us where we are, but always loves us too much to let us stay there. Um, so questions about, questions about that. That right off the bat can scare a lot of church people. <laughs> Oh, the first G is genuine hospitality. R is respond to Christ. A is acquire wisdom. Uh, C is connect with culture. And E is engage in ministry. Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm just at the first one. Uh, genuine hospitality. Uh, the, uh, the R is respond to Christ. And really, this is, a, uh, this is an approach where we take seriously um, the importance of <clears throat> sharing Christ and where, where we make it a priority 
to, um, to, to, to present the good news of Jesus in, in a way, in, in, in everything that we do, where we present the good news of Jesus in a way that, yes, celebrates whenever someone takes their first step in following Jesus and becoming, becoming a follower of Jesus. But it doesn't just stop there. That's something I'm talking about a little bit this week in the Sermon on Salvation in, in the Credo series. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of Christians kind of see salvation as I get my sins forgiven and get a ticket to heaven. And then that's kind of it. And is it that? Yes, it's the forgiveness of sins and the hope of heaven, but it is so, so much more than, than, just, than just that. Um, so we, we will we'll be a people who, yeah, we celebrate first steps. Absolutely. And we also, um, we also develop uh, an attitude and an environment where we're constantly looking to respond to what, to the next step Jesus wants us to take. Responding in obedience to Christ for our continued growth. It's called, you know, it's, it's called discipleship or spiritual formation or spiritual growth. And we really see that whenever someone becomes a follower of Jesus, that's not the end. That's, that's just the beginning of a lifelong journey of every single day of our life responding to Jesus as Jesus leads us uh, to follow him further. Um, and and uh, so that's kind of that second facet uh, of things. A is acquire wisdom. This is valuing the importance of taking information that we've learned in Bible study and beginning to apply it in, in real and practical ways. It's where kind of we, we start to, to put shoe leather, if you will, on what we've, what we've learned. And, we, uh, and you, can, you can see there begins to be an outward turn here. Um, I've said before that uh, it, it may be possible for, for some followers of Jesus that they, don't, they really don't need to go to another Bible study. Um, They've had Bible study enough for three lifetimes. Maybe it's, it's time to, um, for them to uh, become part of either a ministry or an opportunity where they begin putting that knowledge into, into practical action. Wisdom is learning to live life from God's perspective. Um, acquiring wisdom is uh, learning, learning how to apply and, and how to take God's word and uh, have our, our big and small decisions formed and informed by all of that biblical information that we've accumulated up here. Um, all behavior is belief-driven. So wisdom helps us better understand what decisions to make and what to do. Because a lot of life is in the gray. A lot of life is in the gray area. Um, and wisdom helps us navigate, if everything is black and white, if everything in life is black and white, then sometimes we'll make right and wrong decisions out of things that may, maybe the option that, we're, that we should be looking for is not an option between what's right and wrong, but, it, but options between good, better, and best. And we need wisdom for that. Um, maybe a decision isn't wrong 
but it's stupid, <laughs> you know, because the timing is off. Maybe it's not, it's not a wrong decision, but it definitely would not be timely. Wisdom helps us navigate those things. I, I remember um, <laughs> um, kind of jokingly walking, hear, hearing someone kind of walk through this situation of, okay, I've got to find the person that God has set aside for me to marry. I've got to find that person. And, oh, okay, well, you know, definitely pray and everything. Yeah, but you don't understand. If, if I don't marry the right person, then I'm not going to have the right children. And if I don't have the right children, then who knows what's going to happen in the universe? You know, so, and, and I understand there are some Christians who, and, and I, 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 I respect it, but, you know, there is that one person I, I think the the choice of a of, of a of of a husband or a wife is one of the most important choices you'll ever make. And you need a lot of wisdom and discernment in in that decision. Um, I don't know that you're gonna have the wrong children. So I don't know that you need to put that kind of pressure on yourself. But definitely moving into those decisions from a place of saying what What's help? Help me, Lord, um, think through this. Um, wisdom encompasses things like prudence. Prudence is, you know, kind of putting a putting a voluntary limit on what you're free to do. That, yeah, I could do this, but you know what? It's probably not. It's probably best that I don't. It helps you navigate good, better, and best. And. Um, Jesus is actually referred to as the wisdom from God in 1 Corinthians. And so wisdom, wisdom helps us navigate life um, in the best way possible. And wisdom is something that's acquired through life experience. And so we value that and, and um, constantly try. And that's what I try to do in, in, in my teaching is make it, you know, so what, now what? Um, so that's acquire wisdom. C is connect with culture. Um, there are different ways that the church can interact with culture. Um, some, Christians, some Christians will advocate for um, kind of a, a, uh, a retreat from culture. You know, we, we withdraw and kind of get into the fortress of the church and let's hide out from the world. Um, that's, that's one way. Um, others may assimilate with culture where, okay, we, we get in there and there's really not much of, there's not much of a visible difference between ourselves and culture, uh, or to be, you know, we're going to take the culture back for Jesus and kind of have a, a crusader type of, of approach, um, you know, or one that is, that is just, that's indifferent. Who cares? You know, I don't, just leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Um, the, the, the scripture really teaches us to have an incarnational approach where Jesus said, uh, I'm not pulling them out of the world. In John 17, when he prays for his people, he says, Father, I'm not pulling them out of the world. I'm sending them into the world, but they're not of the world any more than, any more than you know, I'm not of the world, but they're in it. And it's kind of seeing ourselves and the church really as, as an outpost in, um, in a world whose whose cultural values um, 
don't often reflect the, the cultural, the, the, the values of, of the kingdom of God culture that, that we're striving to live in. And so connecting with culture means that we are, that we value understanding what's going on in the world around us um, in an effort to mindfully critique it um, and seek to influence. And that's a, that's a dance. It's, um, whenever, whenever I talk about that, I'll, I'll, talk, uh, I'll use um, Acts chapter 17 where Paul interacts with the people in Athens. Um, because there's, you know, he, he understands the culture and he, um, he speaks, he speaks to the Athenians in ways that resonate with and at the same time defy their cultural values. And, um, it is, I'll admit it's easier to take a different approach and Paul doesn't do that. He's respectful, but he's also clear. He's knowledgeable and um, will 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 take cultural products, for instance, from from the Athenians' own culture, their own poets, uh, and use them as redemptive analogies to point to Jesus. And what Paul does is he enters into the worldview of. He doesn't try to convince the people in Athens immediately of his worldview from the outside. He enters into their worldview and deconstructs it from the inside and then points to, um, to Christ as the one who fulfills what their worldview was lacking. And so it's, uh, it's, it's a posture of um, interacting with our culture in a way that both both resonates with it and defies it. So we're going to have a lot of fun when we talk about that one. And the E is engage in ministry. You weren't here by accident. Um, you, were, you, were, you were created with gifts and abilities and experiences and, and everything like that, and none of us are called to be pew potatoes. Um, you know, we're, we, were, we, were, we were called into this world with, with a purpose and gifted and... Um, and given opportunities to use those gifts and abilities to serve God and serve one another. And, and we, we want to be, a, yes, a welcoming church. Uh, we also want to be an equipping church, a, a church where uh, you're encouraged to find out how you're wired and how you're gifted and what abilities you have and find out how and encourage and, and, and equip you to, uh, to, to really lean into those gifts for, for God's glory. If that's serving in a church, if that's serving, you know, I think every Christian is called to ministry. It's not vocational pastors are not the only people called to ministry. Um, if you're a lawyer, a doctor, a school teacher, uh, a pipe fitter, a firefighter, whatever it is, that's your area of ministry. And with the gifts and abilities and skills that God has given you, that's you embody that wherever you are. And as a result of that, wherever that is, is an opportunity and, and, a, and a ministry field for you to create a place of grace as a person of grace. Thus, 
our vision. So the vision, to, we're striving to be a people in place of grace. And then those, those, those five kind of avenues uh, by which we do that. And there's a lot more to unpack on that. Um, but those would be, you know, those five areas kind of em, em, embody what the, the, the elders and directors and, and everything have, have kind of said, you know what, those, those are kind of already in Northside's DNA. This vision just kind of gives words and language to what's already kind of been, uh, been valued here for years and years. And it was really cool to hear that. So um, there's your sneak peek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first sermon series in 2022, is uh, becoming a people in place of grace. So I, I know that was a lot. That was a lot. And that really was the thumbnail sketch. But um, uh, th- thoughts, questions? Um, clear as mud. I think that was said to get me to shut up. <laughs> clear as mud. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's the first time you've heard it. So uh, there, there's, there's more to come. There's more to come. Um, so I'm also going to preach through Habakkuk. I don't know if you've ever heard a uh, sermon through Habakkuk. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, I love Habakkuk. I love Habakkuk. Um, he really, really gets into it with God. So uh, one of the most irreverent prayers you will ever read in all of Scripture is Habakkuk's prayer to, uh, to God. So um, that'll be the second series. And um, yeah, uh, going to have a series on love and marriage and singleness and sex and stuff. That's the title. Yeah. Um, it'll be a really, really fast two-week series. No, I'm kidding. Um, so that, that's, that, that's coming up in 2022. Um, um, Jonah, going to go through Jonah. Um, yeah, I got a few others. I just can't remember them right now. But I've got them written down. But uh, there's always room for the stuff you want to hear too. So, you know, let me know. Let me know. Um, okay, so um, any, uh, what do you want to see in 2022? We got, a, we, got about, we got about 10 minutes. What do you want to see in 2022? Actually, and beyond. Where, where do you see Northside in five years? But let's start with 2022 first. Um, what, do you, what do you want to see? What are your, what are your dreams, goals, um, desires? More people? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sure you'd be happy if there's just more people in any service. Okay, yeah, I thought so. I thought so, yeah. <laughs> so more people uh, yeah def- def- definitely what else any any anything else anything else you kind of like yeah yeah absolutely um no i i appreciate that and i'm you know both of my kids are grown um but i, I was so grateful even even though i was a youth minister when, when at least my, my oldest daughter was coming up through youth ministry. Um, I was grateful for the, the men and women who invested in her life. And then my, my son, I was already, 
I'd already taken the demotion to lead pastor from youth pastor um, after, and yeah, and and so we, um, it, it was it was such a good thing um, for my son as well, and so <clears throat> I have um, Christie's Christie's here, so she's heard me say this. Um, you don't have a healthy church if you don't have a healthy, vibrant children and, and youth ministry. And um, I'm biased and spoiled because I had such an amazing, um, I had such amazing ministries growing up that taught me and equipped me. Um, I was telling the elders last night, um, I'm a product of children's church. And I started learning in children's church. I learned theology from the hymns we sang. I learned more theology from the hymns that we sang growing up than I did um, from Leonard Sweet, from the theology books that I read. Those reinforced the theology that the hymns taught. And, um, and, and, I, and I really love what's going on with, modern, with more modern praise music that is... That is we have some incredible songwriters now that are writing some good stuff. Anyway, but to, to your point specifically, um, um, part of what, what, what I'm doing with, with Glenn and with Christy is spending, spending time really looking at what's working, what's not working, um, what changes. I'm going to go ahead and use the C word. What changes are necessary and essential and, and needed so that our children and youth ministries aren't the best in town from a standpoint of entertainment, but from a standpoint of equipping, um, so, that, uh, so that the disciples that we're forming at Northside, from, from the cradle to to the grave, are, are the most um, active, curious, inquisitive, confident, and in, in informed and compassionate disciples they can be. And that has to begin all the way in children's ministry. Um, Christy and Glenn are on board with that. Our current Sunday schedule doesn't really facilitate that. So um, what we're going to need to look at in 2022 is what, and, and the reason I say that is because right now it doesn't give Christy or Glenn adequate time to, to, to really develop some things on Sunday mornings, when, which is when you're going to have, you're going to have, you're going to have more kids then. Um, more opportunities. <clears throat> and so everything is on the table. Everything's on the table for evaluation. Um, to me, sacred cows make great cheeseburgers. And um, <clears throat> I, uh, in order for us to achieve different outcomes, we can't operate with the same formula. So what a lot of 2022 is going to be is looking at 
here's our vision, here's the needs, here are the expectations. We want our, we want our um, students, they shouldn't be hearing about the Trinity for the first time in confirmation. It should be a review. So what does that look like? How do we accomplish that? We're not gonna accomplish that with our current setup. So what needs to shift and adjust and, 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 and change to accommodate that, to accomplish that? Same thing with youth ministry, um, all the way up to adult education and worship services and everything like that. So all that to say is, is I hear that. Um, I take that extremely seriously. And whenever the, whenever the pastor search team was talking to me, what they conveyed as one of the greatest needs for Northside was uh, growth in the area of young adults and families with young children. And right now, right now, we really don't have a schedule that accommodates that goal. And, and so that's part of the conversation now, you know. Insanity is expecting results from doing the same thing. Northside hasn't been reaching, hasn't been having those outcomes. We're perfectly aligned for the results we're getting. We want different results, got to have a different formula. So um, you'll, you'll, you'll hear a lot about change in 2022. Um, stay with me. Stay with me on that because um, it won't be, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. It won't, we, we will not get to a different destination on the same path. And so I'm saying all that because to accomplish what you're talking about is of utmost importance. And it's part of why I came. And we're gonna do it. So we're gonna do it. Um, we'll, we're all gonna need to work together on it. And it will make every single one of you uncomfortable. I wanna, I wanna go ahead and say that. It will make every single one of you uncomfortable because every single person at Northside is going to have to change. And some of the things that you'll be asked to change are gonna be some things that are very, very convenient for you, okay? Um, you can say no. Um, that's part of what we have is free will. You can say no. Um, but if, if, if what we have in front of us is worthwhile, it's worth, it's worth changing for. So, um, um, if there's one thing that has been constant in my walk with Jesus, it's that he is always up to something new. Anytime I've gotten comfortable, that's when the Spirit has said, we're changing this up. We're changing this up. We're changing this up. Um, I think, and it's not just Northside, but I think one of the biggest problems in the North American church is we have adopted methodology. We have made idols out of our methods. And methods have a shelf life. Methods have a shelf life. 
okay? Mission. Mission is eternal. And um, don't ever, don't, just remember, remember what our mission is. And don't let the methods become our God. I know I'm tearing up too. <sighs> but we're, we're going to do it. And the thing is, we're going to do it together. We're going to do it together. Um, now, what I will say is, when your kids start doubting, celebrate. Because uh, Frederick Buechner said, doubt is the ants in the pants of our faith. It keeps us moving. keeps us moving forward. So anticipate those questions. And part of what we're going to do is equip, equip parents to confidently engage with their kids' questions because that is a, that's such a pivotal time. I should stop now. All right, let's pray. I love you guys. I love you guys. 2022 and beyond is going to be awesome, but uh, just hang on, okay? Hang on, buckle up. It's going to be good. Thank you, Lord, for loving us the way you do. Thank you for um, always, 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 you don't change. You do not change, Lord. But the way that you lead us to uh, reach this world is in constant motion. And you are constantly doing something new in us and desire to do something new through us. And so, Lord, help us to, uh, help us to see these as opportunities, uh, not as obstacles. Help us seize the opportunities that you're going to put in front of us uh, to disrupt our peace so that you can distribute yours, to, um, uh, to, to rattle our cages, Lord, so that we are paying more and more attention to what it is that you're up to. And uh, I just pray that you would do this for your glory and for the good of the people in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'll see you next year. For, for this, anyway, for this, anyway. <laughs>